Welcome to She Woo Dares, a podcast where women share empowering stories of personal growth, embracing the inexplicable calling of the soul, and in which I speak of all things Akasha, human design, soul plan, and everything in between, hoping to normalize the woo. Hello everyone, this is Debbie, back once again with another episode of She Woo Dares, where we talk about all the things woo-woo about daring to step into your purpose, daring to take steps into the unknown, embracing modalities that are not so conventional and um, and growing from there. So really trying to normalize what we consider, what people consider woo-woo. Today, my guest is Irene van Gent from the Netherlands. We're going to be doing this in English. So welcome, Irene. She lives in Corfu. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I see myself as a life explorer, I think. Um, and uh, because in all my life, I just try to figure out how to how to live. And I actually have no idea most of the time, <laughs> especially... Um, I've been living in the Netherlands for the most part of my life, but I've lived in Greece for for a very large part as well. So living in a uh, in a foreign country where you don't speak the language and you don't know the culture so much, you you always feel like the odd one out. Um, but actually being the odd one out is one of my main things in life because there are so many times that people didn't understand what I was talking about, what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I don't think I could explain why I did all my, all the things I did. Um, but I tried to follow my gut feeling, my, my, my intuition most of the time, especially when I did something that was completely crazy for other people. I was just following what felt right at that certain moment. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And you know what? It's interesting because obviously you, um, you've you learned, you know, a little bit about human design. You told me that it came onto your path and I have your chart here and intuition is huge for you. So following your intuition, you have that as a, as a very important part. It's, it's in your uh, incarnation cross, actually. Uh, so following your intuition, but you also have a lot of individual circuitry. So this means, and I also have a lot of individual circuitry. And if you're listening to this and you understand your chart a little bit, um it's it's the individual circuitry is really about being different and growing mm. up having a lot of that circuitry can actually have you feel as that odd one out the one that doesn't quite fit in but now I understand and you've also understood this probably intuitively as well is you're not meant to fit in with a lot of individual circuitry you're meant to be different you know, you following your intuition. I think that's that's beautiful to 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 read how that developed for you. So tell me a little bit. This podcast is She Woo Dares. I know it was through somebody else's podcast that you applied to come on here. So thank you for that. I really, really appreciate getting to know new people and 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 helping them get their stories out there. But what is uh and I always ask this question of everyone, what do you consider woo-woo? I think like you also said, it's like the things we cannot see. Um, well, I mean, maybe it is just following the intuition. My intuition is also a bit woo-woo because I grew up, grew up, grew up in a place where rationality was the big thing in life. I mean, in Holland, 
you can't do woo woo. You, I mean, it's. I think I I started to embrace it when I. I think I was in Holland at the time, but I had been away for quite a long time, and I was thinking about leaving again, um, because I just didn't fit in 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 this country that was so like formal and um how would you say like last time when i went back i i sat on the plane and i saw this square you know when you come when you fly into holland you you have this like square i don't know how you call them meadows <laughs> it's like, like this, land. everything is like squared and boxed and and i think also opinions are very boxed and it's black and white and for me, life is about experimenting, about really figuring out how to even live life because we all pretend that we know how we should live, but actually I have no idea most of the time. So I moved here um, this year. I mean, I have been in Corfu for several years before, but then I was working in tourism and I, I saw the beauty of the island, but I couldn't really um see the spiritual part of it because tourism is like just working 24 hours a day seven days a week and then season's over and then we most of the time we left quite quickly after the season ended but when i arrived here this year suddenly i could feel the power of this island and it's intense there is an intensity in the island that is asking you to open up to just follow what feels right and in i think every day i've been here i've been just i've been asked to follow what felt right and i couldn't really describe it and i have been saying to myself no no this is better like the rationality came up again but my intuition was always right always so I think the woo-woo for me is just following what feels right, but being able to feel, being able to sense what is necessary, not only in your body, but also what's going on around. And it's it means going to places and feel like, hmm, this doesn't really feel right. What's, what's going on here? Or going to places that feels absolutely amazing and stay there. Yes, it's it's about feeling and about following your feelings. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because I only just got back a few days ago from vacation in the Netherlands, which is also, um, I guess, where I'm. I'm not even from there actually. Like my parents are from Holland. I was born in Curacao, but it's true when you when you land there, when you get to you start flying over Holland, you've got all the fields right, and, and it's like there are all these different colors, but they are all very very square. It's so funny that you say that. And then the same thing around the woo-woo. I feel that, I do feel there's a huge need, but I still feel like people are afraid to, to open up to that different thing because there is such judgment around it still. Even if secretly people might feel that, oh, maybe there is a different way. They, they, there's this thing like, oh, I can't admit to that because I will look stupid or I'll look fluffy. Or I, I think, and I don't, I don't want to, I will try not to judge, but what I feel is that um, a lot of people are telling themselves, no, I should first do this 
and stay in this job or in this situation and then I can I can start in stepping into my spirituality more or my my woo or whatever I have been in that place as well and I have learned the hard way that it doesn't work because when you're a sensitive person and I think there is a difference between people uh, there but there are a lot of sensitive people who who can uh, connect to the boo boo <laughs> easier than other people when you are so sensitive and you can tap into that energy you shouldn't be telling yourself I am rational I, I have to do this rational thing first and then step into my spirituality because it's always there that's one thing I mean in every job or every place where you are you can bring in the woo even on a really small scale um, because for me also it is bringing in the light positivity and that is really needed I mean it's needed here as well but in a different way probably I mean for me it's easy to say because I left uh, and I'm in a different place now but even when I was in Holland, I tried to bring in the positivity as much as possible, which was very, very difficult for me because I can be extremely positive and I can be extremely negative. So when something is not going very well, <laughs> I can stay in the negative for a long time. But I learned also by leaving Holland and ste stepping into a new life to let go of the negativity and see the beauty in everything, which may be easier when I'm here. But anyway, uh, it's important to see that there is beauty in everything. Maybe that's woo-woo as well. And with your, again, like I'm looking at you, I've got your your chart in front of me. When you're like high, you're really high. And when you're low, and I'm, I'm curious to know, if like when your disappointment, when your expectations of, of maybe how people are, uh, or maybe your expectations of yourself when those are not met or, you know, something happens there, that's really when you crash down. So you're kind of like this steady kind of just like being in this really good place. And then all of a sudden something happens, your expectations are crushed. And then you, you know, you, you tumble down. We, <laughs> we actually do sound a little bit judgy, but it's, it's not about judgment, you know, of the Dutch people or of Holland, uh, because I do, I think it's also about the network, the people that you meet right? It's like, who do you connect with? And even though a lot of my friends may not understand what I do, and, and, and I'd be curious to know how your experiences of the people that you do, you know, have as part of your network in the Netherlands still, um, they may not completely understand what you do, but they are kind of like open to hearing it or maybe experiencing it a little bit. It's it's almost like you're you're, you're always planting seeds, and if someone's open to to hearing what you have to say or what you've experienced in that moment, they may say, oh, that's 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 way too weird or that's no, that's silly or odd. But there comes a time that they will realize, like, wait a minute, maybe maybe that wasn't so so crazy mm -hmm. after all. And it, it's not not just Holland. Right. This is this is worldwide. But I do feel I agree yeah. with you. I feel like in Holland, there's I think people are just more afraid of the judgment of of embracing something that is not so practical like you said yeah. um so so you moved to Greece and you you'd been there before but there was you said like around the age of 30 there was something that that happened or that's when you really realized I'm going to leave everything mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I did the same thing at, around the age of 30 and for me it took like a really huge uh depression 
So was there anything specific at that moment in your life that made you make the decision or was it like, you know, I'm just, I'm not happy here. I need to follow my intuition more over my, you know, my rationalization. What happened? Tell me. I think there's no such thing as a coincidence, but um, (laughs) before we met today, um, I was writing about something that happened uh, in the year before I, I left. Lots of things have had, had happened in the in the five years before I le- I left Holland for the first time. Um, I had my own company, which I was very happy with and worked together with my brother. But then after two years, things exploded and I I quit um, because I had a I had a burnout and the only solution I saw was quitting now, finding a job, get some stability to be able to pay my mortgage and continue life uh, but I found a very dreadful job which I uh, and uh, I quit after five months and then I found a new job which was actually quite okay I had had a really nice it was a small company I had a really nice colleague with with whom I could talk about everything like the, even the woo-woo things but I don't think that both of us were able to call it woo-woo at, at the time but at least there was a connection um, but then at the end of that period, I decided I had to leave the city I was living in because besides being an entrepreneur and being uh, having a afterwards having a really nice, well-paid job with the car, company car, et cetera, et cetera, I had been in dreadful relationships with married men for um, like, say, five years or something. And every time I went around the city, I was confronted with memories of them and one of this one of these relationships had a uh, like we ended it uh, a year and a half before that and then it, it we started again and then at a certain moment I decided I can't do it anymore I, I, I can't be the other woman anymore I can't, can't do it the only solution I saw was leaving everything behind start over again, not coming back to this city where all these memories were. The company that that, that broke down, the, the, the men that weren't in love with me, but I wasn't unhappy. There was It was not a depression. There was no burnout. There was just a, an intense longing to change. Um, and one of the things that moved me toward this change was starting yoga. Uh, I started practicing yoga at the beginning of 2009, and this made a major difference in my life, major difference, Um, because the teacher I had, she was not only teaching yoga, but she was teaching the philosophy as well, and I was so drawn to this philosophy, and then there was something else which inspired me, was reading the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, Yes, and that was life-changing for me because I don't know why I mean I wasn't in a I wasn't going getting through a divorce but I wanted to go to Italy I wanted to go to India I wanted to go to Indonesia so I I was like okay this this plan that she had like four months in every in every place sounds really amazing let's do that (laughs) my trip didn't go exactly like that but um, I ended up in in Italy for a couple of months which was amazing which was like the I don't know. I really returned to who I truly was. 
the girl who was experimenting life. I, I, I had money. I didn't have to work. I could do whatever I want. I was learning a new language. I was meeting new people. The Italian people in this city were amazing. Um, so I was just happy every single day. At least that's what I remember. I probably wasn't <laughs> that happy all the time. But anyway, the, the food was good. I, I didn't have to worry. I was just like, I, I was just on, on, on top of the game. <laughs> I can say it was just, just an amazing experience. I fell in love with a really lovely guy who showed me for the first time what it is to be truly loved by a man who, by a man who is just giving you everything he has to offer and is just supporting you in every in every single way he can um, and I hadn't experienced that before so this was why I left yes when you speak about being in these relationships with married men right so that that's it's a very safe space to be because you don't really have to really yeah. be in a relationship, right? Yeah. But it also would have gone against your integrity. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like you needed to experience all of that. Your your conscious son is in gate 51, which is all about, you know, experiencing quite intense things without losing faith in, you know, the bigger picture in the universe and the cosmos, God, whatever you want to call it. So it's almost like you you needed to experience that to then make these changes that you felt intuitively were important for you, uh, that guided you to, in this case, Italy. What city were you in? Torino. Turin, okay. So that's you being, living in integrity, like letting go of those connections that really probably deep down at your core didn't feel good to you. And and then, and, and love is important for you as well. You're here, you're here to communicate about love and what it is to love and uh, the power that resides mm. in, in loving and loving yourself, but also being loved. So how beautiful that this whole experience guided you to find the experience that there is another way. So how, how would you say that experience then shaped you with your relationship with the person that you met there, embracing the woo by just following your intuition, like making huge changes, but how did that experience with that new person that you met who loved you so much for you and all of you how did that shape you moving forward wow it is it is interesting because um like i said i don't i it's it's not a coincidence that, that we're talking about because this he was he was on my mind a lot the last days um first i want to go back to to what you said about the married man um I think I had to go through these things to, to, to see that we are not monog monogamous, monogamous, monogamous beings. Mm. <laughs> because um, that's just not who we are. We, we, I mean, I think it's very rare and special if you find someone you love for all of your life. I mean, I have not experienced it. And as I am turning 45 next year, I don't think I will have this for the rest of my life because it's just uh, not possible anymore. But I also see that the longing in a lot of men, I, I could only see it in men. I couldn't see it in myself. 
but or by other women, but I can see the longing in men to have different sexual relationships. Um, for me, being in those relationships shaped me in a way that I was seen, that, that I was seen by a man who saw my femininity, was not just my partner. I've never seen myself as a woman who is um, very attractive or sensual or whatever, but this is what they saw in me. And I had never experienced it. So I, there was, they opened something in me as well. Even though there was a lot of pain connected to it too. Because every time I knew that in the weekend he was with his kids on the soccer field. I was at home making our bed on my own. And stepping into it and out of it on my own every day. Um, so that was the pain uh, connected to it and then I met this lovely Italian guy who loved me deeply and I wasn't able to see that um, maybe I could see it but I, I couldn't receive it I wasn't open to see through all the layers of trauma maybe all the pain I had been through in all these other relationships I couldn't I couldn't let him in so after maybe two or three miscom big miscommunications, um, because of the language mainly, um, I decided to uh, step into a, another relationship with a man who understood me well, but it was like, I think, a rational decision hmm. to step into that relationship. It was not that there wasn't love. I mean, we, we have loved each other, but in on a different level than than with the Italian man. So I wasn't ready. I just, I wasn't ready. Even though I now can see how much he loved me and how how he was able to show it to me and I wasn't able to let him in. Yeah. Mm. So this the self-love. So there's a lot of healing that needs to be done, right? So when you when you do have that opportunity to be with someone who really is offering you everything that you've ever wanted but then all of a sudden you close yourself off because again that's that you said there's some healing that needed to be done and do you feel like that's something that you ended up doing for yourself like recognizing that I know you already started yoga uh, and I know you write right we're going to talk more about writing because that's really what what your life is all about uh, sharing your stories what needed to heal for you uh, in order to understand, like, wait, I was actually closing myself off to this person. Well, the, the funny thing is that I can only see it now that I was closing off for him. That that was the reason that we that I couldn't be in a relationship with him because I wasn't ready. I also knew that there was a lot of self love uh, issues that I had, um, but in the years that that followed after this relationship with the Italian man, I, I, I just stepped into a working life that was so hectic that I, I couldn't give myself what I needed. Even though I felt depressed most of the time, I couldn't give myself what I needed because my partner was a very strong-headed man. And he said, no, we just have to finish this, this season and then, then we'll see. But there was... Even though I felt I have to quit, I have to stop this job because it's not good for me. He was always telling me, no, we have to do it because of the money. He was, he couldn't see abundance 
like I can see it now. And therefore, I was I always saw the man as a stronger person in the relationship. So I listened mm. because this is what I learned. So I learned to be, um, I mean, the, 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 I wasn't the strongest one in the relationship. I Until, until now, I, I wasn't. Um, so I listened to what my partner wanted and that's what we did. And um, this has been going on for quite some time in different relationships. Even though I saw that it wasn't true, I really had to learn how to love myself. So it took me over 10 years to, to um, start loving myself in a way that I now can give myself what I need. And sometimes I don't really feel it yet, immediately what I need, but then looking back i said okay this is what i actually needed i mean today was a very good example of giving myself what i needed because i was i was stepping back into a, a working rhythm this week after being all over the place for a couple of months um i thought this week i'm gonna start with a st structure and um, but this morning just didn't i didn't get a lot of things done um and I was frustrated and I was like, okay, why is this not working? I had a really, really, really relaxed weekend. I had enough time for myself and I'm still tired and I still can't move on. What's going on? <laughs> I was very, very tired. And then I said, okay, I'm going to meditate and then I'm going for a walk. So I meditated for half an hour, which I normally don't do during the day when I'm working, but now I did. So I went for a really nice walk. And then the inspiration, start, inspiration starts flowing again, which is amazing for me because normally I can have the inspiration when I'm just at home. But the last days, it just nothing is flowing when I'm at home. I just have to, I have to go out. I have to move. And then everything starts again. And then I'm just like, oh, this is what I needed. And then after a long, sweaty walk, go stepping into the sea is like the most amazing thing. That, yeah. I think so many people can relate to that as well, right? You, you've got these good intentions and, and then the energy just isn't there. And, and then you beat yourself up over it, right? I was going to do this. I was supposed to do that and nothing's happening and you get frustrated and then you just get stuck and you get in this vicious cycle, right? And it's really hard to break through. It's also you, what you mentioned earlier, um, and I want to, that kind of relates to this, is like um, we feel like often we we have to separate the woo from the work, right? This is what, this is our life, and the woo will come when I've got time, right? The meditation will come when I've got time. When I've finished all my work, then I'll have time to meditate. But it mm -hmm. doesn't work like that because ju that's just postponing find five minutes in your busy work day to meditate if you can go and have a cup of tea or coffee or whatever for five minutes you can also find five minutes Definitely. to meditate and those are the things that are going to help you move forward it's those little like you said it like those little mini moments that are so important and so I I totally get you it's so easy to get lost in or, or fall into that trap not today, I'll do it tomorrow. And we we often we feel like yucky, you don't have the energy, but once you do it, it feels so good. 
and then the inspiration comes through and you have a lot of creativity in your in you in your being your soul is here to be creative and and I see that in your soul plan which we haven't even spoken about because I, I always have a little chat before we start recording the podcast but I looked at your soul plan and like creativity is huge for you and also uniting people is huge for you that is really your soul destiny right magnetizing and uniting and you can't do that from a space of depleted energy so what do you do for yourself to to activate your creativity which will then you know magnetize the people that you need to magnetize to then unify people and ideas and 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 get things out there so that's really interesting that you just said that it's not just thinking what you want to do that's good for you, but actually doing it because we can really get stuck in the thinking, oh, I should be doing this. And I know that this is good for me, but we don't do it. And we all fall mm-hmm. into that trap. So I feel like a lot of people can resonate. Um, so speaking of creativity, tell me a little bit about your writing, your storytelling. Um, I know you went through an experience uh, that you mentioned uh, where um, you lost a friend. Is that something you'd like to talk about? Is that something that you've shared in your written stories as well? Like how that shaped you? Uh, I haven't talked and written about it a lot, actually. But um, the moment she passed away, I was she had just turned 33, so I must have been 32 or something. And that's an age, I think, that you don't, really think about people dying uh, Mm. suddenly and it made me realize that life can be over in in a minute and this was a time when I was in in one of these tourism jobs that I didn't really like but because we were on Corfu (laughs) I stayed in the job actually the island made me stay Um, there was no other reason to stay it was really it was the island that made me stay in the job but in the meantime, I was writing um, about food and um, I loved that. I loved the fact that I could experience food in, in a certain way. I, I could figure out new recipes. I could talk to people about food. I, 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 could, I was um, reviewing cookbooks. I, was, I mean, it was amazing. I had this big pile of cookbooks that I could write about and I could use for, for cooking. And, but at the same time, I was minimizing my recipes because I was living on a boat. So I just had recipes with few ingredients because there just wasn't more or it was, there was just no space to have more. And um the 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 moment that she passed away I was in this job and I told myself never again I'm never gonna let my dreams be diminished by someone who tells me that I'm not good enough Mm. so this was what moved me to 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 continue writing whatever whatever it would would bring me writing would be my thing that that's the that's what I decided at that moment and it has moved me forward ever since because I I have kept on writing. I have been in stupid jobs with with bosses or managers that didn't really like me or <laughs> that I didn't like just for the sake of money because my writing until now hasn't given me enough money to to live from. But it is my love. It is my life. And I can't do without. 
So um, especially since one year ago, I started to focus on writing more and more. And since I do that, I, I just can't stop. I just, there is inspiration in everything. There always was, but now I have the time to write about it as well. So I just, I come home from walks or or I wake up in the morning with a sentence in my head and I just start writing and, and do whatever. And in the beginning, like 10 years ago, I was mainly writing from a rational, still came from a rational place. I couldn't, I was inspired, but I felt like I had to write in a certain way. So I, I felt like I had to be someone as a writer mm. or or teach people something in the writing that I did. So that was fun, but it wasn't as much fun as the moment that I uh, wrote down the first sentences of my novel. Um, because uh, at that moment, I was uh, w- with friends in uh, France. Um, they They had bought a house in France and and uh, I was staying with them for a while and I woke up one morning and I, I I I thought what's happening and I just I just needed to get my my notebook and my pen and I was just writing down and I, I couldn't stop I was just hand, hand, writing with my hand and I just I couldn't stop and the next morning it happened again and the next morning it happened again and I just I just let it go and after three days I was sitting down with my friend and I said you want to listen to my story because maybe there is something with this story. So, and she was enthusiast, enthusiastic immediately, which hadn't happened with my writing before, <laughs> especially not when I was writing uh, nonfiction. So I was amazed that she was so uh, happy with the story. So she she said, "I want to I want to read more. I want to read more." No, okay, okay, you're gonna get more. So I continued writing. Um, and when I left France after a couple of weeks, I suddenly stopped writing. Uh, but I finished the book in the end uh, six years later, and it's my last my last uh, published book um, last year uh, called um, "I Am Sarah" in English. It's called "Ik Ben Sarah" in in Dutch. Um, only available in Dutch at the moment. And yeah, it, it has been such a joy to write that one. And then in the meantime. I was going through a new process of reinventing myself because I I was working in a job as a communication advisor and I, I wasn't really happy, but it brought in a lot of money and that's what I needed. So I, I it was okay. And it was I was working from home all the time. So it was actually quite quite a good solution for the period and the situation I was in. So I started writing messages from my soul. I had a there was a this online course that I was following and 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 the teacher he said um uh just ask what your soul wants to tell you today. So every day I wrote down dear soul what do you want to tell me today and then there were so many beautiful messages coming out and I was like amazed that that I was able to write this and I was like where is this coming from? And it was just pure intuition. And I'm still amazed with what I with what I wrote at that time, but it has inspired me because those messages were the first messages that that came to me in English, and I had always written in Dutch. And this empowered me to to start writing in English more and more. And I see in my writing that I'm completely changing the way I write since I since I'm writing in English. So there is a creative growth process going on in this case I just I, I 
I'm still amazed about what is happening. And, and I love writing more and more, even though it was already the love of my life. <laughs> I, I keep on, yeah, it keeps on growing. And yeah. it's important to to write from your authentic voice, right? If you if you write thinking about who may read this, what do people want to hear? You're not going to be true to yourself. No. True. And when people read that, it's like, okay, it could be really good writing, but it still doesn't, they, they won't connect with you. So it's not surprising that your friend, when she read this, it was like, oh, this is really good. And now you're in France, you're inspired, you're waking up and it's it almost sounds like you you just got downloads. Yeah, it felt like that. Yeah, and you've got all this head, you've got all this activation as well, right? When we talk about human design in your head centers, you've got all the gates activated in there. So, and you're very connected, spiritually connected, spiritually connected as well. So, it's interesting. You've got gate twenty-two, uh, which is also a connection to the Akashic records. But you know, this is you asking your soul, like, do you have a message, or what is your message for me? With all this inspiration, with your gate twenty-five, which is all about spirit. So it seems like being in France at that time would have been just the right, the right situation for you to be in to then receive and mm-hmm. surrender. Right, twenty two is also about surrendering, not just surrendering to the process and just not questioning it. Because when you start to question it, that's when your pen stops. You start writing inauthentically again. And how beautiful that you have shifted to English as well, and and um, how that's changed your voice, even though you're obviously Dutch native and and but I'm guessing in, in Greece you speak mainly English that's really that's really interesting how that's developed and how that's made you feel like your voice is more authentic this is actually this is interesting because um for me talking about who <laughs> um English is my spiritual language so I can express myself better in English when we're talking about spiritual spiritual things. It just downloads are always coming in English mm. at at the moment, especially, but uh, before as well. And I find I have found this really interesting to to see how why it is. I don't know, but um, for me, it's it's English is more. Also, when I do like guided meditations. I can't do them in my in my mother tongue. I, I just have to listen to them in English. It's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So you are uh, you've created an online community where you're you're slowly starting the process of guiding others to share their story. What do you feel is the biggest hurdle for people to to actually share their story? I think one of the things it's probably that most people, and I know I felt like this for the longest time, like, who wants to hear my story? Like, why would my story be interesting to other people? Like, who who am I? That kind of thing. Yeah. But what, what else would you say is are some hurdles that, that people have when it comes to sharing their story? Well, I think what you say was one of the, the main things, of course, who wants to listen to my story? But I always say that every story can change your life, even if it's just one life. I mean, the question is, I think we don't start writing because we want to have a large audience in the beginning. Writing is not so much about the audience. It it is about the audience, of course, because you want to change people's lives with your story. On the other hand, writing is a healing process for yourself as well. 
I started with a new with the intention of, of writing a blog every week last year. Um, and I started for, with the idea that I wanted to change the world. So I was going to change the world with my writing, about writing about sustainability and all kinds of things that are very, what do you say, prominent these days. These days. And after a couple of weeks, I decided I can't. I can't be this woman. I mean, I live a very small, quiet life but I'm not the most sustainable person who, who will talk about this subject. And I have a lot of things that I want to write about, but they are all they always come from my personal experience. This is stated in my human design that I should tell my personal experience. So I changed my writing again to sharing my personal stories like I always did and have done, um, and which gives me the most joy as well. I love sharing what I've been through and this is scary because sharing your true authentic voice is scary because people can think a lot of things about you I think what a lot of women especially because I work mainly with female entrepreneurs what they can relate to is the punishment that we that you might have had in previous lives if you believe in previous lives, we can relate to that. So I've always been afraid what other people thought of me, but also what they could do to me. But mm. they can only hurt me if they want. They can hurt me with their words. And when they do, it is their story. This is what I know now. It's never about me. What they say to me is never about me. It's about them. So now I know that they can't hurt me with their judgment or whatever and like you said before you said something like maybe they don't understand you now but they will understand you later mm -hmm. um, and 10 years ago I was writing about being a vegetarian and 10 years later people came to me and asked me um, I want to go into vegetarianism can you help me and I was like okay so here we go 10 years later now you're coming to me with a question okay so it takes time. It does. <laughs> and um, I was just talking with uh, with my neighbor here. She's an entrepreneur as well. And I said to her, people need to see you at least seven times before they want to work with you. We tend to forget something like that. So if we post one blog and people don't respond, then we think, uh, I, I'm going to stop because it's not working. But actually... What I see now, and this is a realization for myself as well, if you have post only one blog, then they won't see you. If you post seven, they probably will see one or two of them. So you have to post a lot and you have to share them a lot as well, which is what we all don't want to do because we don't want to be too much and we don't want to go out there. But if we want to have a sustainable business, we have to. So it's either having a sustainable business and stepping out there or juggling for the rest of your life. This is the thing you can do. And I mean, I've been juggling until now, I must say. Um, but now I see this, I think, okay, what is what is the choice I want to make? What mm -hmm. am I going to do? I mean, my writing is good. I inspire people. I can connect them with the, with each other and with themselves. So why should I even rethink again what I'm doing 
I just I just want to stop you right there because I just want to talk to you about your soul destiny. Mm-hmm. This is soul plan, right? I'm going to read you your soul message. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I'm going to read you your soul destiny. Your destiny is to find a vocation that brings like-minded people together, helping others to integrate, working with groups, creating bonds, connections, and community. Strong magnetic vibrations emanate as they learn to open heart and integrate as an authentic person. So your soul message, and this this would be part of a soul uh, plan reading, but I, I just, I have to read this out to you. Come together as one. Open your heart and bring all who you meet into the temple that has no center. Accept them all as a part of you. And then as you step out into the world, the love of magnet and magnetism of your integrated heart will draw all who will listen. They will unite as fragments of the same source, united with you and united within their self. It's pretty much what you just said. A bit it's, more. It's so interesting. <laughs> 10 years ago or so, I don't know how long it was ago, I did some guided meditations and the, and the, um, the words that came up to me were always inspiration and connection. I could never really, no, I, I must say at that time, I knew exactly that I had to bring people together. And at the time, people were questioning me why and how. So I, I I stopped because I didn't I didn't manage to do it in a way that would sustain me and everything I was doing. So I I, I feel like I finally come to a point that I can. And now you're reading this, and I think I, I hey, it's very very logical that this is the <laughs> this is the next step. Yeah. yeah, and there's also like these challenges that we have to overcome, right? Uh, yeah. Before we can actually step into this purpose, but mm-hmm. uh, really, really interesting. And it's also about the, it's all about unification, but also about you know uniting people, but also letting go of the outcome. Like you're you're here to unite, but you're not here to control. Like letting go of the control, yeah. and um, which is obviously um, always a little bit scary. So. Mm-hmm what else do you want to talk about i know you're doing a lot of different things and you've got your your online um uh, writing community you've got craft your 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 life what is it you want people to know about how they can work with you well i'm um at the moment i i work as a ghostwriter and and as a writer and have the community where people can meet like-minded people like female entrepreneurs who want to share their story but who especially live and work from their heart i started craft your life which probably will get a new name but is about how to create a life that suits you best and this is for me really interesting because this is probably where human design comes in i haven't been working with human design before i i just um ran into it uh like a year ago or something but then i thought oh this is a hype i'm not going to do anything with it um I'll see what happens. And now in the last month, it's it's flying to me from so many different places that I can't ignore it anymore. And I see now that, that there is a design for everyone and, and everything you have said in this uh, recording is like, oh, oh, so it, it's just, I have to do this, what I feel that I have to do. Like for example, I mean, all these intuitive things that I felt they're just in my design so 
I've been pushing them aside for so many years because I thought I was crazy and I had to be more rational and I had to be more like all the other people. And now you're just telling me I should be different <laughs> or I have to be different. Yeah, I will be different. Be different. <laughs> be different. We all have to be. And it's not just it's everyone. Like we are unique beings. Like Karen Curry Parker, my mentor, she, you know, she says we are a once in a lifetime cosmic event. Like each mm. and every one of us, we bring something special to the table. And yes, with a lot of individual circuitry, you have this, there's this melancholic aspect, there's integration. And there's this feeling of like, not, like I said, not quite fitting in. Mm. Um, but again, you, you're not meant to fit in because you're here to change people yeah. through your experiences. And in your case, you know, yeah. a big uh, part of that is, is sharing your stories and from a healed place and from experience yeah. and from a healed place. And you're, you're a three, five profile. So you will be experimenting anyway, but you, you need to step into that leadership aspect. Yeah of you yeah. that you're you're leading through your experiences um and also interesting what I did want to bring up as well because you do like your head centers which are both defined they are not connected to the rest of your body so you can be very rational you can be very much like getting the mind to take over or maybe in the past and, and not connecting so much with what's happening in the body or with you with your intuition because because those two centers are just like functioning on like as their own little island within your your human design chart but yeah it's 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 interesting how human design finds you mm. and it's interesting also to hear that initially you're like oh it's probably just a hype and now it is but it's it's a hype that has been coming for a long time and people are now waking up to it and realize this is part of the woo as well this is realizing okay there is a different way if this mm -hmm. hasn't worked your whole life with rational thinking of following what your mind tells you or what other people's minds tell you <laughs> to do uh, and start feeling into your intuition and your 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 sacral right that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that your guidance if that works then there's your proof but it's you just have to try it mm -hmm. and once you you see that that is actually working and it's not going to be overnight both of us at around the age of 30 have made really big shifts in our life, big changes, following, not knowing there was no one that told me or no one that told you like, hey, you need to go to Corfu or you need to quit your job and, and move to, I moved to Italy at that point. Like there was nobody telling us what to do. It was our inner guidance and mm -hmm. finally surrendering to that and trusting that the, there is something more like I'm, I'm just going to go with my gut or go with my intuition or go with my heart, however you want to call it. Just anything that isn't your mind or somebody else's mind telling you what you should be doing, what direction you should be going. Um, and we're always evolving, right? It's never ending. Like every day, every minute of the day is an experience and part of a story that you could or could not write. Yeah. So. I'm going to put, you know, everything in the show notes as well, the links to how people can uh, get in touch with you. So the ghostwriting, uh, explain a little bit for people who don't know what ghostwriting means. What, what, what does that entail? Well, it actually is that I'm writing your story if you don't want to write yourself or you, you think you can't. Um, 
I mean, there are lots of people saying that everybody can write, um, and I truly believe that everybody can, um, but some are better than others, and sometimes you just don't want to spend the time writing. So if you think that you need someone else to write your story, you can hire a ghostwriter, and that could be me. And I mainly write nonfiction with a, with a link to spirituality, and I write uh, life stories. So um, I've written a lot of books about people's lives, mainly people who had have a very tough life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went through it and they came out a better, more shiny person than they were before. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Right. So before we end this podcast recording, is there anything else any words of wisdom, anything you'd like to share with the audience that you feel in this moment is important to know? Well, I think the most most important thing that, that I feel is, is like try to or create a life that suits you best. And um, uh, human design can be helpful and uh, writing is helpful as well because writing can heal and can um, bring you closer to yourself. If you are willing to go to the deep voice inside of you that wants to come out. Mm, That's so true. Part of my coaching, when I have someone in a a one-on-one coaching trajectory, maybe like the writing prompts as well, but it may be just writing that, I always call it writing that shitty letter to the person Mm. that made you mad. And then you're you're not going to but you're just going to write it you're just going to everything yeah. you ever felt just yeah. put it down on paper and then you you create a ritual around burning it or ripping it up or cutting it up or whatever but just to get it all out like writing is getting your emotions out um so writing is is definitely very healing so wow Irena thank you so much for having this chat with me I think it's you're very welcome and, um I will, like I said, I'll post everything in the show notes if you want to reach out to Irena and uh, check out her website and her uh, membership that you can join so you can read her stories. And and also I feel now as new, but like being supported on your own writing um, journey. Thank you and see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of She Woo Dares. I hope you've gained something from it. If you feel you'd like to listen to more, Please subscribe to stay updated of future releases. If you feel this has impacted you or you know people that will benefit, please share this podcast. Also, if you'd like to work with me, you can find the information on my website. It will be posted in the show notes. And if you'd like to be on this podcast, there's also a link to an application form in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. I hope you will be back and I wish you a magical day.